wondered what it would be like to ride on a monster truck while shooting Uzis into the air and chugging Mountain Dew mixed with Four Loco. Well, we're here for you on Thunderdome Metal Reviews this week as we take a look at Five Finger Death Punch's debut album. I am the Reverend Ben Lindsay. This is the Church of Heavy Metal that is Thunderdome Reviews, and I am joined by my brothers, Gabe, Tracy, and David. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Go to Vegas. Let's do this. This is the most Let's Vegas gamble. thing ever. Let's let's roll. Let's roll. Let's roll. <laughs> in the immortal words of America, let's roll. Practicing the way of the fist. Oh God. You know yeah. your visualization gave me that scene from role models where they roll up on that car with the entry can drink can on the back of it. And he's like, It's a murder tall. I mean it, it this is so over the top to almost be parody. Almost. But, uh, this is like the Ricky Bobby of fucking metal. It is. It's like Circus Circus, <laughs> if it were metal. This right. is absolutely the Ricky Bobby, Bobby of metal. Uh, Way of the Fist, released on my birthday in 2007, not 2001, despite what I, I put there. T. It was, yeah, it came out on Reprise, um, Next Level Studios, and Complex Studios in Los Angeles, California, is where it was recorded. The producers were Sosran and Bathory and Jeremy Spencer. It has to run time at 38 minutes and 58 seconds. Um, the band is Ivan Discount, Corey Taylor Moody on lead vocals, Silton Bathory on guitars, Gerald Roberts on guitars, Jason Hook also guitars, although he is only credited for them on the Iron Fist edition of the album, which I want to add parenthetically, there are so goddamn many versions of this album. Yes. Yes. Um, because apparently they had like a breakup and they went back and re-recorded it. But anyway, you don't need to know any of that now. Matt Snell on bass and backing vocals, Jeremy Spencer on drums. And as an additional musician, Juras Raskovsky came in and laid down the guitar solo on the bleeding. So what can we say about this platinum selling album? I think we need to explain a term we've tossed around casually and perhaps incautiously, and that is butt metal. Yeah. Which I want to preface is not in any way homophobic. We are literally referring no. to the fact that people that listen to it tend to be buttheads. And people making it <laughs> <laughs> kind of seem like dicks. I don't know. Is that is that a fair help me here, Ben? No, I think so. I think, you know, I think of it kind of like a as a term for that can be used for like bro metal or bro metal for that sure. or um frat metal. Uh, this is just to me, this is kind of in that liminal space where um nickelback operates and that this is a band that has figured figured out a yes, formula for sure and they're all more metallic although maybe not because i think some nickelback stuff is actually heavier than what's on this album but anyway that, that plays with like the 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 trappings of metal but does it in such a way that it's both very like wrap yourself in the flag and be tough but also like we want to be played in the mall and bought by everybody well, there's a ton of aggrieved victimhood shit on here that yeah. I know appeals to both teenagers, as a person who was a teenager, and white people, which, yes. uh, you know, there's very strong, the sort of January 6th energy is strong with these people, and I am not implying that they're ice to earth, fuck those guys, but it's got that same sort of just hoorah, I'm going to pump iron and be at the mall vibe. I mean, I bought the first one of these albums. I bought like a Target, as I told you all, because of course I did. So I, go I mean, I don't think, I mean, not to get too far into it, I don't think it's terrible. It's it isn't. Just, but, you know, uh, it's, yourself. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I will. I'll speak for myself. I don't think it's terrible, but uh, it is, yeah, it's kind of like the lowest common denominator. I was going to say lowest common denominator on yeah. this. I mean, it's, this is very much your non-metal friend wanting to get something to go. I was into metal. This is heavy. This is their workout playlist. This is their burn go shoot guns and blow things up playlist. Um, I have those playlists. Um, this album is not on them. Yeah, but yeah. you're you're not a non-metal person. But I gotta admit to you, I have later five finger death punch on the workout thing. Yeah. I have broed out. I've broed so hard. Uh, but those albums are also better than this one. I'll talk about that when we get to tracks. But there are a couple of tracks on here I think are actually legit good. So yeah, I think the later I mean, albums are uh, get get to okay territory. As I said before we started recording, like I forgot how much I'd listened to this album circa 2009, 2010. Because holy fucking shit, did I know every single song on this album? I bet. And um. This, while a lot of people, I'm kind of going to defend them to an extent, because a lot of people deride them about being butt metal, as we have done on the podcast, but I think they are also necessary for metal to continue, because these are very much the gateway band that people first get into. It's like, I like double bass, I like the double bass here, and it's like, well, and they kind of fall down the rabbit hole, and then six years later, they're listening to Domination by Morbid Angel, they like the mixing of the screaming and clean singing and next year listen six years later they're doing scar symmetry and trivium and so like this is very much an accessible gateway band for non-metal people and these guys i want to say is like the 2000s edition of Avenged sevenfold if that makes sense because Avenged sevenfold came out in the late 90s and their first two albums are heavy as shit and then they obviously took a more commercial route and a lot of people you know, find them then at that point and fall down a rabbit hole and kind of come out the other end on their earlier try albums. And if they stuck with it for that long, they kind of go into heavier stuff from there. So I think these guys are necessary for continued, I guess you would say, market share of metal and a sense sure. of like being a gateway to it. I mean, I mean we are being I, a little bit... Oh, go ahead, Gabe. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I'd love to believe you, Tracy. Like, I would really love for that to be the case. I just don't know if it is, and I don't know how we could prove it. Because, like, if you're going to buy this record and you're going to dig it, um, why would you want to go anywhere else? Like, they're, they're, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, like, they, they give you, like, a pretty big uh, package of formula. And, like, once you have that, it's like, okay. You know, like you don't actually need anything else. But um, there are aspects of Seth Dormuir that you may enjoy more than other aspects of it. And then sure. like, I want to find more of this. Sure. Like no, it's it's possible. I'm not saying I'm not saying what you said isn't true. I'm just saying like I, I want it to be true. <laughs> I think it would be nice um I, to for people to 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 you know branch out after something like this. Well, I know in the past we have linked likened them to disturbed quite a bit. And Agreed. I am an example of getting on the ride at Disturbed and finding more post-Disturbed. Maybe it's my own personal bias, but I would consider, I don't disagree with what Tracy said, but I, I think this is training wheels metal, whereas I think that, that both Disturbed and Avenged Sevenfold are like a step up. Um, exactly. And, and that's, that's probably debatable, but 
Um, and a lot of like my problem with this band, which I have railed about on several occasions, is the fact that like I find it to be so disingenuous. And that's from seeing them live, not from anything that they have on record. Um, and then, Could you talk about that experience a tiny bit? Because I actually don't think you said a whole lot about it on camera. I'm mean, not trying um, to get you in a beef with them, but it, it affected care. my view of them hearing you talk about it. I have well, to say. it was just one of those things. And that I, I have since, and actually preparing for this episode, discovered that this is kind of a thing that Ivan Moody did, um, especially back in his heavy oh. drinking days. Oh, sure. But, um, it was one of the things where they like pulled like all the rock star bullshit, the excess bullshit. Yeah. Like they came on stage like 45 minutes to an hour late. Um, then I had, I, he clearly didn't know where they were. And instead of like, you know, they have a lot of songs on the radio to Tracy's point about like really knowing this album. And some of those songs are hits and earworms and they're good pop metal songs. I'm not angry at them. Um, it, it was just one of those things where he'd be like, yeah, and he would like tell us, it was like he was on VH1 Storytellers or some bullshit, because he would rap for like five to seven minutes, and then it's one thing if you're going to interact that much with your audience, if you are actually interacting with them, and it's not just a canned stage performance where you can tell that he says the same thing, tells the same story before every song, at every stop, and I was just like, come on, dude. That reminds me of uh, the Motley Crue's final, final tour that they played in L.A. like four days in a row. And it was exactly the same show, word for word, for four days. If you went to the first day and the fourth day, nothing changed in between. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and what I found out is like, you know, in, in reading up on this, like, personal issues aside, because there is, some, I don't, I agree with David, I don't think that these are like ice earth level, like, treason against the capital but moody has had a couple of charges of domestic violence which i don't know the outcomes of but he was at least charged um and like he also one time got super drunk on stage and had to be escorted off and said that it was because his mom was dying and his sister came out and goes our mom is fucking fine he's just lying about this you know um which makes and i think he's actually a really good vocalist i like the sound of his vocal it just makes him seem like a incredibly large douchebag but on the flip side of that the guitarist like runs charities for veterans and stuff like that um which you know i hate our imperial war machine but the veterans are victims of that too and deserve to to to, you know the the help and support of stuff 100 percent. so anyway it's, it's just a complicated relationship that i have with this particular thing I mean, I think the the vocals are just okay, but I feel like the lyrics are just over the top cringeworthy. And like, um, no no voice can fix that. I'm sorry. It's just like, you, <laughs> no, know, there's, like, you know, there's casual there's like, 2000. There's like yeah. cliche, like oh, stupid, stupid, like aggrieved victimhood, like David was saying. Like oh, homophobia. Sing, homophobia, sing speaking, like is just super cringe. Um, you know, listening to this album, I had this, this is the one thought that always talked to my mind. It's like, has this, the people, or especially, you know, Ivan Moody singing, it, like, has he ever had a healthy relationship in his life? Because it doesn't feel like, just listening to the lyrics on this, it doesn't feel like he has a healthy relationship with damn near anybody. Well, it feels like really appealing to teenagers. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. you know, you're, you're pissed so, off at mom and dad, you're pissed off at school, you're pissed off at someone, and you're going to find yourself in one of these songs. Like, you're just going to be like, you don't understand me. You don't know. I'm going to exactly. change the world. 
and kick everybody else's ass and like <laughs> it's like no, it's like the that's tenor it's, it's yeah. this is the that's the one note of this record is like i agree with that 100 percent. and yeah. you know i i just tried to decide if it was like am i crazy because i liked some of those later songs so i listened to the two albums after this and one maybe four after the ones that are like on some playlists i have and part of me gets it because they're just better than this in terms of like his vocals are better like they figure the formula out the writing's a little more complex so it's they're still incredibly formulaic and have some of the same problems thematically but they're just better than this but it's their first album but on a certain level all these problems remain and i've never considered them like man i love this band some of their songs uh you know have a lot of adrenaline and have decent riffs and some good drumming and i think he has a good voice too but it's formulaic as shit and it it is super formulaic that's why i made a nickelback comment but it, it they're also just catchy enough and they on are. the radio enough that. that if you they come on it's very easy to sing along to yeah you hear it over and over that's yeah and exposure. To, to, to gabe's point the lyrics are so cliche that it's very easy to guess what's going to be said next yes 100 percent it's no they they know what they're doing or at least their a and r rapper their producer does i don't know it's, i mean it's i get it it's like an amusement park it's in vegas man it's vegas what did you say skittles is that what you were yeah it's like <laughs> i love vegas like i love skittles i know that it's not good for me but that and that it's objectively bad but i still like it <laughs> which is not the way i feel about this band but i think it's a pro this is the vegas band of all time Agree with that. <laughs> do we want to talk about songs or? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into the songs. Oh man! So I listened to three extra songs that I didn't have to. Well, you probably listened to one of the like five reissues that they did of this damn album. There were so many. I know I had to try and pick which version I wanted because then there was like one with acoustic shit and didn't need any of that noise i'm like i do not need the bleeding acoustic <laughs> i mean uh, on a certain level these are all the same song right a little bit i mean and let's be clear this was a this album did incredibly well commercially yeah. this band has every album this band has put out has gone platinum jesus yeah that sounds right in a day of stealing music or streaming it but about these tracks um I actually like the bleeding. Is it trite? Yes. Is it? Does it play into all the emo bullcrap tropes? Yes. But I actually find it okay. Um, is it also overplayed? Yes, because it's like the album that like really hit for them off, the, or the track that really hit for them off this album. Um, the rest of it is just generic mallcore. Honestly, it's not. Uh, it's not good, but it's not bad. It's competently played. It's not challenging. It doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I don't like any of these tracks. So I don't think there's, I don't think there's a, for me, a bad song on this album, but also there's not really a great song on this album as well like they're all good enough and which i know every song of this album as weird as it sounds say you know they're all not bad but they're all not great and you know it's hard to go which ones of these do i like more than the others 
Well, they're all mediocre. I mean, I think that's the issue. It's like, you know, none of them are actually very good and none of them stood out to me as good. Um, so I understand that. <laughs> but I don't dislike it as much as you, though. Like, I don't dislike the songs. Sure. So I'm going to say to an extent all of the above, but none of the above. But if I'm going to pick, I'll go with Salvation, The Bleeding, White Knuckles, and yeah, we'll go with that. I mean, it's fine, right? I like the later albums better, better, as I said. I mean, this is sort of the sonic equivalent of going to see Siegfried and Roy and then going to shoot machine guns in the desert before you go to a whorehouse or whatever. I mean, this is that journey. Uh, I'm going to say no, all of them, it's fine. That's my answer. <laughs> it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like the least tracks that have been mentioned by anyone ever. <laughs> I don't know. We've had a couple of uh, Fs that were nothing. I mean, it's neither nothing nor everything. It's just whatever. It's fine. Yeah, yeah yes. but by the collective, this is by far the least. Oh, my God, yes. No, it is an album. Yeah. <laughs> it is the, the definition of an album. You look up an album in the dictionary. It's this picture. <laughs> yeah. It sold a hell of a lot more than like probably our last eight reviews combined. I don't know what we you know what I mean? Like it's let's see. Some of the stuff we review are like, hell yeah, 130 listeners. <laughs> so So I think the only reason that is correct, except for one album, I think throws it off. What? And that's what not all hope is gone. Yeah. That's I don't know for sure, but I bet it just sold more than that. Well, combined, eight combined. I was All combined, yeah. taking this statement literally. Yeah. What, Tracy, could you look up the Spotify? Not like it, I don't know. I'm still not a commercial for Spotify, but the Spotify stats for them. I just want to compare because he looked up for Perstop. Oh, yeah. And compared to it, was, it was like 130. <laughs> and this is going to be like 130 billion. Like, everyone Close. here is listening to it twice. Close. What is it? What's the number? Five million five hundred twenty four hundred eighty nine monthly listeners. So Houston, like that. So, what's, what's, right. so Spotify has a listing Paris. of their songs listened to. They're discluding their last album because it's the one that's kind of still fresh and their numbers are coming in. But their top three tracks in number of listens. Number third is Jekyll and Hyde. 203,730,498. Oh, fuck me. Okay. Which, yeah. which that, that, that makes me want to do a little quick little math because I watched a video with Steve from seven, seven Foot Ninja, 12 Foot Ninja, not Seven Foot Ninja. It's like they lost two people. Seven Foot Ninja. <laughs> but he was talking, he, he had a video talking about, you know, the way Spotify plays out, in which it's all plays are put into a giant pile and all the money that comes in is put into a giant pile. And it's split up proportionally by percentage of listens to pile of money. So for the average artist to get money, it's 0.007 cents per listen. So 0.007 is how much they get off of play. Let's just say off of Jekyll and Hyde at its 203,730,498 listens. That means the band walked away with $142,611 off that song. Not very much money though actually well but they're actually also big enough because certain large artists are able to change the the algorithm on that the, the payout a little bit 
and I don't know the particulars, but I would say that again, as a multi-platinum, every album being platinum, they're approaching the the level of of star status that they can renegotiate the contract or pull it off the the streaming platform. Mm-hmm. And it, it, they're actually have enough listens that that would matter to some other stars. Oh yeah, theoretically um, anyway. Their second is Bad Company, at two hundred twenty nine million two hundred eighty one five hundred forty one listens. I bad Company, the original Bad Company, and they butt metaled the hell out of that song. But that's <laughs> They did. My mom was not happy with that cover either. She heard it. it was like, that's not fucking right. Yeah. But that is a... <laughs> it was, that it was is the a, egregious drop of their fucking name into it that really pissed me off. But anyway. That was... Uh, that's a cool $160,567 one. And their most listened to song is Wrong Side of Heaven at two hundred forty-three thousand or $243,452,558 listens. About 170,000. So they brought in just shy of $700,000 off them three tracks. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Spotify's probably paying them less than that. Yeah, sure, Mo- maybe a little bit more. But I mean, I'm sure the- Moody could burn through 700 grand in 20 minutes. It's Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he can. I'm sure he can. Easy come, easy go. Yeah, totally, dude. So you live that kind of hard lifestyle. That agreed lifestyle. That's how we roll. Let's roll, in the words of everyone. (laughs) It's a D. A D. I mean, it passes, but and it's passably played. But man, it's uh, it's it's just a just a whole bunch of just a whole bunch of mediocre nothingness served up on an album, targeted to anybody who. You know, drives jacked up trucks and wears cowboy boots and American t-shirts. Those people that number us by a lot, Ben. They do, uh, and I'm not saying that if you if this is your favorite band, your favorite band sucks. But more power to you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We're gonna have a lot of people jump on for just one album review, but fuck oh, these yeah. guys and just We're download give everything else. Comments about so any right. publicity is good publicity. Try to say <laughs> that's I, right. It's still it's still engagement. It's still engaged. The algorithm will still steer people towards us, so it's fine. Correct. What, what do you think, Tracy? I assume you're not gonna give us a day. Oh, I'm not. Oh, but you're not going to tell us? You're like, no, he's going to like you know, play poker with us? Like, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to give it a B. I can do that. Sure. I think it's a good enough album, but nothing really makes it stand out, stand out distinctively from a lot of other shit. Well, let me put it this way. From an artistic standpoint and making it, and, and I know I gave that album an F because it was so long, but the Mastodon kicks the dick off this album. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they do. I will listen to 800 Master Rounds before I listen to one Final Finger Death Punch album. But that Five Finger Death, one Five Finger Death Punch album is going to sell twice as much as those Master Rounds combined. Not wrong there. Gabe, you just want to go and pitch you in for an F. I just need to know how low it's going to go. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely where I'm going because um, I can't see myself listening to this for any reason, and I would much rather listen to that record we listened we just reviewed before this. Uh, I would much rather listen to that, and uh, it's disappointing. You know that record at least has potential. I don't think this ha- that this record has any potential for me. Like it's maybe not for me, and that's fine. Um, but it doesn't scratch any itch for you know anything that I would want to listen to. And uh, yeah, what's it going to be? I'm going to give it an F. I mean, I need a letter grade. That's sixty point difference there. Is it an F? <laughs> that is a letter grade. You need a numeric grade. Just give it. Just give it a. Just give it a, a like a like a fifty five. I need it like a solid F right there in the middle. Exactly. A, a, a sub F, which is a forty five. <laughs> um, so, uh, right, go ahead, Tracy. I was going to say, David, are you going to continue the trend of being a grade different from everybody else and be an A or C? Oh, I'm in the C range, friends. Yeah, because. I think their later albums get into the upper season, even B territory, maybe. But this one, uh, it is sort of lowest common denominator. It's so aggrieved. He's just so mad. I don't know. It's and it isn't. It's just it, listening to the later ones. I'm like, ugh, they don't have any of the like even this. So it's formulaic. The formula isn't that good yet. Like I don't think this album is as good as those albums. So I'm gonna give this one a C minus. Which maybe is a recognition of sale. I know a ton of people like this band, and I, you know, like some of their later music. So maybe I'm weak like Tracy, but see my you know, like I said, if this there are certain tracks that are back before I had satellite radio or what at a time and like my CD player didn't work or something, and I was just having to listen to rock radio. If one of these songs came on, I would be like, All right, well, at least it's not something that I've heard a million times or another fucking rush song. But although again, artistically, Rush kicks this in the dick. Um, <laughs> but you know, so yeah, it's it's. I would probably rather listen to Tom Sawyer than this album. But what do you? Know? I would much rather listen to that Tom Sawyer like five hundred times in a row than this. Yeah, album. there are Rush songs that I probably would want to listen to more than this. But Tom Sawyer is like, but like um, Spirit of the Radio or something like that all over this all day and really Tom Sawyer only because like WZZL used to play that song like every 30 minutes so what's that put the average at Tracy 70 even <laughs> nice so yes, C minus- <laughs> yes. <laughs> love it I- I, I don't think they can complain. I don't think they should should go to the they, and complain about that. Period. They should not. No, they should take their, especially at Murray State. If if I that is that is a, as good as a seventy nine point four. If Tracy wasn't a kind master, you helped him a lot. Okay. Tracy wasn't on the butt metal train. This would not be. You know what? I'm I'm thinking about picking Disturbed last just to make you all suffer. I would <sighs> rather listen to Disturbed than this. I Me would too. too. Did you? What did you think I was giving up this, Tracy? Like an even lower grade? There was no way I was giving this an A. <laughs> I figured you were in the C range, honestly. I yeah, figured you I, were. Going to, I, I, didn't, I didn't figure an A. In fact, I was. I was close to giving an A earlier, about a midweek. I was like, hmm. <laughs> you really, really <laughs> you were going to give this an A? <laughs> like, <is> it, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I mean, you're great. You can do what you want. With yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Great. But just from how much I knew it, and it wasn't going to be a high. It's going to be like a ninety. Like I get just, it. Just enough. Was it? What? It probably didn't help the way we were talking in the chat. It didn't. <laughs> we everything like, in general. Just we fucked up the sample, down. guys. We fucked up the sample. That could shut us down. Like, cause that chat. There's a chat, everyone on Twitter. Yeah, uh, we, but we were, I, I didn't even, I didn't even have to read that, guys. I mean, like, this is the first <laughs> time I listened to this shit, and this is also probably the last time I'm gonna listen to this shit. So. No worries. I can't wait for the five-figure death punch blast. <laughs> Tracy, <laughs> gonna whip out in year year sixteen just, of Thunderdome. Just year eight, and it's just gonna Gabe's gonna sit there and listen to it. I'm like, nope, I guess it's the time to die. <laughs> I mean, sorry, can't. I can't, guys. I gotta water my cat. Sounds <laughs> to us all. Yeah, my basement needs renovating again. <laughs> My murder basement oh. needs renovating. Oh, <laughs> available on iTunes. So, Tracy, what in God's name is happening next? Next, we are jumping into our albums for November and doing Ben's pick, Black Label Society's Doom Crew Incorporated. I'm looking forward to that. The two tracks that I've heard of that I thought were pretty decent. Sounds fun. Should be fun. Indeed. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for listening to us here on Thunderdome Metal Reviews, and uh, I guess if the, whatever they, the Five Finger Death Punch fans call themselves want to come after us, come on, come on. The Five Fingies? The Five Fingies. <laughs> you, you can make an alliance with the Harpoon Boys and come after me. I ain't worried. <laughs> All right. But until next time. <laughs>